everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. You're here with me, Samrin, today, and we are going to be previewing Bayern's game against Bayer Leverkusen. So the Bundesliga is back on Friday. The international week is finally over. Chuck likes it. I like it a little bit less. Before we get to this particular game, there were some up and down performances by the Bayern players during this break. Leon Goretzka and Manuel Neuer, of course, had to leave the squad due to COVID. I'm not sure they'll make it back in time for this one, which could make it a pretty hairy fixture, especially if Neuer is absent. Also, I saw Benjamin Pavard was in action for France, which means he could probably start this, but Mazraoui's performances have shown me that he is good enough to stay this fixture is probably a little bit harder than Bayern's fixtures moving forward. And honestly, this fixture is the beginning of a very tough fixture list for Bayern. So, of course, there is the Leverkusen game and then Bayern plays Victoria Pulsen before facing Borussia Dortmund, Victoria Pulsen, SC Freiburg, Augsburg in the Cup, and then Hoffenheim in the League, and Barcelona in the Champions League. So it's going to be a tough run of fixtures. So I'd probably keep Pava for the midweek game and stick with Mazraoui here. But back to some of those international performances that we were talking about. Serge Gnabry's powerful shot for Germany against England produced a save from Nick Pope that spilled over and led to Kai Havertz scoring the equalizer against England. So he looked sharp in the minutes that he had. Leroy Sané looked quite bright against Hungary, although Germany went on to lose that game. And he was less of a presence against England. The man of the match in that England match for Germany was perhaps Jamal Musiala, who put on a great showing. Thomas Muller was benched for that one, which gave the Bayern Munich man a much-needed rest. Joshua Kimmich looked okay in both games. Nothing great, not too bad, not as many forward passes as I would have liked to see. I saw that Upamecano did feature for France, but uh, in their defeat against Denmark, and I and I don't know I don't know how much of the blame in that game falls on Upamecano's shoulders, but he wasn't he wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination. So these are some of the international updates and moving forward, this this game is not necessarily a must win, but with the number of votes of confidence that Julian Nagelsmann has gotten, I think he probably feels like it is a must win. The way that the Bundesliga table is shaping up right now, Bayern is a full five points behind Union Berlin, who are top. Uh, Dortmund are second, which is probably the team that Bayern is looking at in the table, and Bayern is three points behind Dortmund. And of course, they're going to face Dortmund very, very soon. So, Let's focus on this week's opponents by Leverkusen. Leverkusen <laughs> were tipped to be one of the challengers for the title and, as usual, went on to disappoint us all and is having a shocker of a season. One bright spot has been a win over Atletico Madrid, believe it or not, but in the league, they have picked up a total of one win from seven games. It came against Mainz in a 3-0 victory. 
So, and my home form has been really off. So the fact that mine's lost that game at home is not that surprising. The thing about Leverkusen is that their season didn't start off on a good note. They lost to Elversburg in the first round of the DFB Pokal. Then they lost to Dortmund in a game that they really should have scored at least an equalizer in, if not one outright, because I really thought they were the better team, particularly in the second half. They lost to Augsburg. They got pummeled by Hoffenheim. They lost to Freiburg in a closely fought game. They lost to Club Brugge in the Champions League. They picked up one point against Hertha Berlin in a 2-2 draw. They beat Atletico Madrid, which we thought, okay, here's a turning point for Leverkusen, only to drop points against Werder Bremen in their final home game before the international break. So, in terms of the squad, Leverkusen has a pretty strong squad. So, I don't quite know where it's all going wrong. Their goal difference is negative three. They've conceded. They they've conceded twelve goals to date, which in seven games, I don't think is the best figure. But it's also not the worst figure. Although technically that should be in single digits, considering that they have played seven so far. Werder Bremen has conceded the same number of goals. Looking at the table, Schalke and Bochum have conceded more. Werder Bremen has conceded the same amount. Frankfurt has conceded one more, but also Frankfurt conceded um, six to Bayern on opening day. So there are not that many teams that have conceded more goals than Leverkusen. Okay, I changed my initial judgment. That is... Leverkusen has conceded a lot of goals considering that they have only been able to score nine only Flicks Bayern which could basically beat teams like 5-2-6-2 can live with that many conceded in seven games so in terms of the squad they brought on Callum Hudson-Odoi who looked pretty good in Leverkusen's game against Werder Bremen on a loan from Chelsea you remember Callum Hudson-Odoi yeah, he's the same Callum Hudson-Odoi that there was so much drama at Bayern about and Chelsea slapped a humongous price tag on him and he never made his way to Bavaria. They also brought in Adam Lochek and I'm not quite sure how that's working out. That's one that we can keep an eye out for. They let Lucas Lario go, which is completely feasible to me. Patrick Schick is their top striker and Lario would have to spend a lot of time on the bench. They let Julian Baumgartlinger go. He had a spell of games um, during the COVID-impacted season, I think 19-20, to 20, when he looked very good. It is just that it so far Robert Andrik is a better holding midfielder and Robert Andrik plays most games, so Baumgartlinger's spot is kind of taken. Florian Wirtz being out has impacted their season immensely. We can't downplay just how important he is to Leverkusen. He is out with a long-term injury. He might be back right before the World Cup, but we have no idea how this kid is going to look once he comes back. Just because it's so unpredictable how players look after these long-term injuries. Some never recover. Holger Bachstuber, case in point. Some recover somewhat but never get back to their original form they let Nadim Amiri go of course Amiri did not was not getting that much playing time after Sione I thought he was a very talented player and letting him go felt a little sad for me 
Amin Adli, who had been playing well for them, is out. Karim Belarabi is also most likely going to be out. And uh, it's equal Palacios, who has been around for a while at Leverkusen, is also out. So let me just say before talking about the rest of the Leverkusen team that the biggest weakness in that team for me is Lukas Radetschke. Lukas Radetschke looks so error-prone this season that Leverkusen really cannot rely on their goalkeeper and their captain. And I would actually try Niklas Lom out in goal because Radetschke has not has not looked good. But, you know, um, Gerard Zione is the type of guy who sticks with the people. He trusts even when they make mistakes. So I guess Radetschke is going to be is going to be the starting goalkeeper when Leverkusen plays Bayern on Friday. Leverkusen's back line, the defensive midfield pairing, Ta and Tapsoba is what they have stuck with. Ta, again, has an error in him. We saw it when Robert Lewandowski just kind of snuck up on him. Uh, I think this is during 1920. It was the last game. It was a December game, and the game was at 1-1 and kind of just stuck the ball in the back of the head ah this man that that might have been 20 to 21 yeah it was 20 to 21 and this happened at the tail end of 2020 and um they have Hincapié mostly on their left side and Kusunu on their right side I like Kusunu I'm a fan of him he's got a lot of speed Leverkusen has a lot of speed in all corners but they're not just they're just not utilizing their chances and not playing to the best that they can. But of course, again, Verts being out is a massive factor. Andrik and Demirbay, like I was talking about previously, are the preferred choice in defensive midfield. Kalmatsunodo started the last one. He was flanked by Frimpong and Diaby, two players with immense, immense pace. And of course, there is Patrick Schick up front. That team on paper should be able to beat Werder Bremen. That team on paper should be able to beat a lot of teams. But it's just not materialized for Leverkusen. I don't know why. When I watched him against Dortmund, it looked like a case of missing chances. But, whew. I don't know. Of course, Lozek can come in as a wing option too. So... Palacios being out means they are missing a DM, but other than that, this team looks strong enough to be able to mount, if not a title challenge, a serious challenge for the top four. But right now, Leverkusen has collected all of five points, and this game is massive for them. Their record against Bayern is absolutely terrible, to the point where... It's hard for me to recall when the last time was that Bayern actually lost to Leverkusen. I think it was under Flick in Flick's first few games in charge when Bayern lost freakishly 2-1 all despite despite having plenty of possession and just everything working in their favor and whatnot. So their most Recent match in the Bundesliga, of course, ended in a 1-1 draw where uh, a lot of things happened. <laughs> Thomas Muller scored an unfortunate own goal after Zule had 
scored the opener. And of course, Niklas Zule is no longer part of this team. But before that, Bayern beat Leverkusen 5-1 in what a lot of us thought was peak Nagelsmann football. That was that was just a brilliant show by Bayern. Other than that, uh, there's not much in the way of points that Leverkusen has earned against Bayern. So... It remains to be seen how this one goes down, but really, Bayern rarely loses against Leverkusen, and I don't necessarily expect it to be different this time. As for Bayern, like I was talking about previously, I think Mazraoui stays in the back four. I think he goes with Upamecano and Hernandez. As the as Nagelsmann goes with Upamecano and Hernandez as the central defense pairing, Alfonso Davies looks to be okay after a minor injury scare with Canada, so he should be in the team. There's no way Kimmich goes to the bench. Kimmich always plays, for better or for worse. Uh, while I think Marcel Sabitzer will be paired with him, and his Marcel Sabitzer's performances have warranted this, I would love to see Gravenberg. He there's been a few whispers of Gravenberg complaining about playing time, but you know, the kid is talented, and um, Chuck mentioned this in his weekend warm-up, that what was Gravenberg thinking when he walked into Bayern? Did he really think he was going to start all games? That, no, he's not going to start all of the games, but I really want to see what this kid can do. Maybe Leverkusen is not the match for it, but Leverkusen's form hasn't matched their talent. So, who knows? Nagelsmann, this is the time for Nagelsmann to take risks really if he wants to keep his job and if he wants to play the swashbuckling football that we know that Bayern is capable of playing now the front four this is really tough Sadiman has scored a penalty away on international duty Thomas Muller again as I mentioned played one did not look particularly impressive was benched for the other needed a rest I think Sané has to play one of the four slots goes to Sané I think Muziala has to play. And the other two, maybe Muller Mane in a 4 2 2 2. That might just work out. I don't think Gnabry's performances have been worthy of a start. I think Coman is available for this one. Uh, Byron has so many choices at at the front at the for the front four, but Unfortunately, the way the situation has panned out means that nobody is really on top form right now. The one thing about Sané that does get under my skin a little bit is he tends to slow play down sometimes. And his decision making is not always the best. Individual skill wise, he has been very good this season. Jamal Musiala has perhaps been Bayern's best player this season. And I would, I would stick with him. I would and I would definitely play him. So that's it from me, Samrin. Thank you for all of you, all of the support. Be sure to stay tuned to Bavarian Podcast Wars for all of your up-to-date coverage on Bayern Munich in Germany. Follow us on Twitter at BavarianFBWorks, at The Barrel Blog, at TommyAdams71, at BFWIn, and more. Thank you, and have a good night. <laughs>